Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm Carrie. I'm Kathy. I'm Megan. I'm Lisa, and this is Miss Selene. A podcast where best friends share interesting shit. <laughs> hey, you want to get started, Lisa? I'm a big fan of British television. I've seen many British shows, and I love them, and I I hear something on shows I don't understand. I Google it, and look at it, you know, I gotta know what's going on. So, anyway, I watch British TV. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> shows like Miranda, All Creatures Great and Small, The Derails and Corfu. Remember EastEnders? Watching EastEnders when we lived in... I do remember that was like an assignment we had while we were there was to watch EastEnders. Yeah. I just remember it was a soap opera with a lot of thick accents. I think it's still on. Do they have West Enders? Or South Enders? Or North Enders? No. No? No, I don't think so. You watched East Enders and Mork and Mindy. I remember Mork and Mindy being on a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. right. So, Lisa, tell us what you've learned. All right. Let's you. dive into the monarchy here so queen elizabeth ii just a little summary here introduction she is the longest serving british monarch she served 70 years and this past summer the british celebrated with concerts and street parties many people that you may have seen on the news are leaving paddington bears in front of the palace because of the video that was shown during the celebrations of the queen having tea with paddington and the video showed her having marmalade sandwich in her purse for safekeeping like Paddington keeps in his hat. So that's how like the children of Britain are remembering the queen. Did you guys see that video? Yeah. And I saw that they were asking not to bring bears any longer and marmalade sandwiches because the, I guess the, the, the part of the government that collects that shit was like, uh, this is, this, we have too many bears and the marmalade sandwiches are causing rodent problems. So. Oh, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think there was something too, like they didn't want any plastic or anything wrapped around the flowers, because I guess it'll just be easier for them to just kind of yeah to compost. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As being in charge of that, being able like to figure that all out. I mean, like, what books. do you look at for like prior? Princess you know, like, Diana. Just, I was gonna say like I feel like that's, but I mean like that was a long time ago. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, but if you were in, if you were like, if you were in charge, you would remember. Well, yeah, no, I know for sure. Well, but like, whoever's in charge probably wasn't in charge then, right? Like you've got right. like, yeah, that, that was a these long time. Of this stuff. That's, like, yeah, now you're like, plans are you... have been developed for like they've been developing them for thirty years. They'd go back and correct things. So after that happened, they're probably like, oh, we should have somebody in charge of flower collecting. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, that would be a terrible job. So basically, we're all like, okay, we've heard a lot about the Queen. So what about this King Charles III? Because, you know, we don't know much more about him than he has had two marriages and has two sons. And he was a horrible husband of Princess Diana. So it's interesting when I like see the media right now and how like the British people have accepted his second wife, Camilla, you know, as the queen consort. And because here she's more known as the other woman and, you know, the news media 
covering the queen, when they refer to her, they talk about how there's this great PR campaign, like when he, they decided to get married and just so that she would be accepted by the British people. So it's been like a long drawn out PR campaign for people to like her. What did they do? That was interesting. What did they do? Um, I think it's just like different. I, I, they didn't go into much detail, but I'm guessing just a lot of public events that she was seen at. She, and actually what's her name on the Today Show, uh, George W. Bush's daughter. She was supposed to meet her the day the queen died. So she was there the night before actually and be having dinner with Prince Charles, who's Prince Charles at the time. She was supposed to meet Princess Diana? Camilla. No, she's no, no. Uh, Camilla. This is like, like last week. Like a, oh, there's oh. Like a book club. Literacy. There's like a so book club. Literacy apparently, she's been doing uh, a book club there, yes, and they're going to bring it over to the United States. Right, and because the book, Barbara Bush, you know, I drive past her literacy campaign headquarters every day on my way to work. Uh, <laughs> she's big, in, she big into, liter- into literacy, and so, yeah, was right. over there. So I think that Camilla's like book club is one of those kind of PR things. So that people think of her as a nice person. Well, and there's just lots, I'm sure that there's lots and lots of spin. I mean, that's, that's what Royal PR is all about. Right. right? Isn't that what it's all about presenting the story in the way that makes it flattering. And well, the the BBC isn't like controlled by the monarchy, but they're very, they're government owned and run. So I think they're definitely more positive to the monarch. <laughs> so, that's fine. That's all right. They have tabloids. All right. So tell Thank us. Thank you. So anyway, so King Charles III was born on November 14, 1948 at Buckingham Palace. Prior to his mother becoming queen, he lived with his family in Malta while his father was serving the Navy. His family returned to London when his grandfather, King George VI, was very sick. He had lung cancer. And... I don't know if you guys watched The Crown, but I thought it was interesting. And it was true. He didn't know he had lung cancer. So, like, I believe the king, closer to his death. The king. Oh, okay. King did yeah, know. they kept it from him. Yeah. And apparently that his wife most likely knew, and she was the one that said, don't tell him. <laughs> so Why? He, he was just told, told he had a growth in his lung and it needed to be removed. So that was removed in 1951. And so you're just like, oh, oh okay. Right. <laughs> and he continued to smoke. <laughs> you got to remove part of your lung, but continue to smoke. Please. Right, right. It's cool. You just fine. Gotta... We probably <laughs> shared a smoke with the doctor in the, sur- in the surgery after. I mean, everybody smokes then. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he's probably smoking while they're probably smoking while they told him his diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine being head of the, you know, the monarchy and the British Empire, and they're, like, keeping something about you <laughs> from right. you? So, they didn't even tell, like, the doctors that treated him. They didn't even share it with, like, other doctors. Like, they just kept this little club of doctors treating him, kept it from everybody else. I have this so, of, of a doctor like smoking a cigarette while performing the operation and like acting in him and just falling in the body. Whoops! Uh, uh, clean that up. Next time, Tom. The reason is so junior man. Junior man. Thank you. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So we're going to get sad for a moment. King George VI died on February 6, 1952, of a heart attack in his sleep. It was kind of a shock because he seemed to be getting better. Like he wasn't, they knew there was still some cancer there, but they thought he still had a few months. And he died in his sleep. So now Charles's mother is queen and he's the heir to the crown. And he's four years old. So for 70 years, the longest serving heir. Man, did he wait. He waited. <laughs> he waited and waited and waited. So, and so when King George died, Elizabeth and her husband were in the middle of a world tour. So she was in Kenya at the time. So then she, her husband tells her that her father died. And I heard there are some things that I watch where people are like, the look on his face, the like shocked look. Because he thought he was just doing this, helping out the sick dad for a while, and then he was going to go back to work in the Navy. So, like, he realizes now his career is over. <laughs> oh, <Don't>. shit. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's entering a different career. Yeah. He, he is. is. Dad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, why wasn't he, he called the king consort? It just doesn't exist. Oh, that's not a thing? No. It's like Prince. I guess he was the consort, but... But there's not a... Well, of course right. not, because why, why would you make a man the consort? Because that's like, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean like a queen consort is basically like the woman I'm sleeping with, which I... I think it's not like a whore. Title. <laughs> yeah. like, did, did no one say, like, hey, this kind of makes it sound like a whore. Let's give her a different name. <laughs> yeah, I, I would totally not be okay with being called that. <laughs> so... It's terrible. His parents, you know, were on this world tour in 1952. So he was away from them then for months. And then a few years later in 1954, they go on, his parents go on tour again. So he's not seeing his mother very much. Even when she is home, she is constantly has her duties to deal with. So her husband's career, like we said, is over. So he was, they, he found himself to be the house husband. So he was in charge basically of running the house, but he, they don't think, no one's saying he actually cared for his children or organized the care of his children, which at the time was Charles and his younger sister, Anne. So most of the decisions regarding Charles' schooling was left to Philip. So Philip's this big sportsman, you know, man's man. He, you know, and Charles was this really sensitive boy, which Philip saw as a weakness. And he did not think that his sensitivity was a good quality for a future king. And both parents also thought he lacked courage. So parents really weren't too fond of them. Yeah, that's rough. If your parents are talking about you behind your back, we're we're, we're talking about we're talking about a six-year-old child, right? This is 1954. Right. Born in 48. Yeah. So this little kindergartner. You don't think you're king material, right? How are you? It's six. I was gonna say I want to see the notes from his kindergarten, you know, parent-teacher conference. Like, we think he's kind of sensitive. Could you work on that? <laughs> he doesn't seem very courageous. I don't think he's ready to go back to battle. <laughs> right. This is no Richard the Lionheart. So can you work on that? <laughs> Poor Charles. You don't beat him enough. I can't imagine being six years old and, like, everyone knowing what my future job was. Right. And scrutinizing. Like, there's, like, one path. Right. There's no, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, oh, and, you know, he'll be a veterinarian, and Charles will be king, and the other kid will be a fireman. 
So then he, so he finds warmth and appreciation from, from other women in his life. His, mm-hmm. women, his nanny, Mabel Anderson, his mother's lady-in-waiting, Lady Susan Hussey. Yes, that's right. H-U-S-S-E-Y. Hussey. And his beloved granny, the queen mother. Apparently the two of them were really close. Queen mom. Um, so Eaton seemed like the good choice for Charles. It was a school where many young boys of the elite in Britain went. But Philip didn't like Eaton. He decided Charles needed to go to a school where he had gone as a young boy, which is, I will probably pronounce it, Gordonston in Scotland. Charles started there in 1962. Officially, there was no bullying allowed at the school, but these rules can't control, on this book, call it aggressive instincts of adolescent boys. And Charles, <laughs> and Charles with his sensitive temperament, was a natural victim. So they beat the shit out. Who's going to fuck with his future team? Yeah. Anybody, and had a, right? I mean, he had a, apparently, you're saying, you're like an 11-year-old boy, and you have an opportunity to beat up the future king? Don't you yeah, think and I read this book, so he had, that? he had a bodyguard with him, and that was like his best friend at school, was his bodyguard. So it's a very Lord of the Flies kind of situation. He like, <laughs> he like sent Christmas cards to him and like would have dinner with him for like years after this. Oh, that's a poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. So... He. So then, you know, he begged to go to a different school, but the queen refused, didn't want to bad publicity of it all. The press wasn't making things easy on Charles, and somehow they got a hold of a book of essays Charles had written while he was at school and published them. So you're like a 10-year-old kid writing essays in the whole country. Oh, that's right. Ooh. British media is horrible. Let's say our media is the greatest. Yeah, we've kind of gotten there too, but. <laughs> but, you know. So then, so the experiment of sending him away to school to draw himself out had failed. It had the opposite effect. He was now more introspective than he was before. He went to Cambridge for university. His grandmother really pushed to make sure he had a normal university life. He was like basically the first, like the other, like his grandfather probably took some classes, but he never really like, enrolled as a student and was like took regular courses that sort of thing but his father didn't go to school so he kind of left it up to the women in charles's life to decide Philip never went to school he didn't go to university military guy i mean he knew how to read (laughs) right right (laughs) like he got a little school i'm sure he didn't go to to university or whatever yeah right exactly so but his mother, I love this. He, she sent the palace tapestry, T-A-P-I-S-S-I-E-R, down to Cambridge to set up his rooms. So like a professional decorator came down. It totally to make sure he had nice Lawyer. rooms at the university. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I remember that at Loyola. Okay, time, yeah. out, side, time out, side note. I, lo- I look forward to this every year. Did, has anyone seen the dorm rooms of, of Mississippi State? Of of all this, no, no. Oh, okay, Google it later. It's a whole thing, and it's just like picture after picture after picture of the dorm rooms. They like really do it up. Oh, they go to the nines. Yeah, like, go to oh. the nines. 
my niece Riley, so she's going to Franklin Marshall, which is this small school in eastern Pennsylvania. And her friends coming from Texas, you know, they're going to Baylor and Ole Miss and Oklahoma and Texas and all that. And and those kids have gone all out on their dorm rooms. I mean, they and she she sees pictures and she's like, what the hell? And then you know, she has shows pictures of her dorm room and she's like, yeah, I got this from you know Target. <laughs> it's just like a normal dorm room, but yeah, some of her. There's like this pressure to have this. Luckily, she's in this, you know, very small liberal arts college that doesn't have that. But the big schools, yeah. I mean, it's not like when we went, man. They they are like decorated. You could probably be an interior designer for dorm rooms. Yeah, Zayla. <laughs> she was getting, I get, you know, she got a bar cart thing. <laughs> for her room she's like i'm gonna get a bar cart i was like what, what do you I, want want one. <laughs> you know, I mean i know like you're in college you know i mean like you're but they ha- i mean she's in a pretty swanky dorm but still i was like okay i mean that's what she wants to spend her money on Charles III had a bar cart? I don't know. He had some very nice digs, though, with the tapestry from the Pettus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that totally should be your job. I, I want you to apply to be the tapestier. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I gotta go back to school for that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's just a fancy word for what you do. <laughs> and now you should put that on your business card. I, am a, I, I think it's like a tapestry expert curator. Mm. Oh. Oh. Wow. Wow. All right, keep going, Lisa. So, all right, so for his first year, he studied anthropology, and then he, um, they were pushing him to do constitution stuff, but he's like, no, 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 I want to do anthropology. So that was for the year, and then he ended up doing constitution stuff, which is really what he needed to do to like be king and like learn about what his role would be. But he also spent some time doing theater while he was at the university. Really? And yeah, he actually did plays. Um, and it kind of helped him come out of his shell and give him confidence. And I also think that theater, he's a better presenter. His speeches are done much better than his mother's, I think. It's full of inflection and, and all that. And his, his mother didn't have any sort of training. And she was criticized when she was younger for not having any skill in her speech giving. Her shrill voice, people. Because said. she was like what, twenty, twenty-five, and queen. So she probably did a little shrill in her voice. So he graduated. Oh, he also spent a semester in Wales to learn the culture and the language because you know he's Prince of Wales and everything. And he was able to learn the language and actually gave a speech in Welsh or part of it in Welsh during the ceremony where he was crowned Prince of Wales. And he graduated with average grades, what Americans would consider a C average, but he also had to do stuff as Prince, like have all these different duties and things to go to and went away to Wales and was still able to graduate. And he eventually did become good at playing polo and spent a lot of time playing polo when he was younger. He had kind of a break between Cambridge and then when he joined the Navy in 1971. So that he just had this like playing around town. He actually traveled to the United States, did like a tour of the US. Apparently Nixon was trying to set him up with one of his daughters or something. And then, so he joins the Navy in 70. American? 
No, and I don't, as long as they're not Catholic, that's the big thing. Can't be divorced, can't be Catholic. Oh, but it no. and that, in the 70s, they still, it was Church of England or nothing. Yeah, but yeah. now you can marry whoever the hell you want to. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm don't. i pretty sure that they would not have taken kindly. They probably wouldn't have been too thrilled. Suggestion of an American. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, so I was you would have had something to say about that. Cause I can tell you, it was definitely that way in the mid-80s. I spent a lot of time researching how I could marry the monarchy. It's not happening. Apparently, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you needed to become an actress and then meet Prince Harry. Right. I just picked the wrong career path. There you go. <laughs> I had a whole book of, like, minor royals. Like, yeah, it was great. Good well, yeah, the, so the grand Anne's children, she purposely did not want them to have royal titles. So they are commoners. If your parents were like, yeah, you could have been a royal, but sorry. Actually, <laughs> you're still extraordinarily rich. What, yeah, they have money. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I suppose if you're rich and you don't have all those responsibilities of like ribbon cutting and all right, that. You can have the media at every turn. Through the light bulb. Yeah. No, I mean, as long as you still got the money, then who cares? Right. And they stood guard at the Queen's Cascade yesterday. So, in 71, he joins the Navy. In 74, he received pilot training with the RAF, Royal Air Force. And he served until 1976. So, he got the severance pay of 7,400 pounds. And he used that to start something called the Prince's Trust, which is dedicated to funding community initiatives that support disadvantaged youth. And they throw a great yeah, and it's like big bucks now, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, I watched a special called Charles at 70. So that was made in 2018. And they had a lot of interviews with his sons. You know, this is before they had their fight or whatever. And Camilla was in it, and she commented in the special how Charles was all about service. It showed him going to Australia to open up the Commonwealth Games in 2018. And then he went to see the Great Barrier Reef. And he was interviewed about it, and you can just see the frustration in his face, like, that more isn't being done. He was just like, you know, there should be more, you know, he just, kind of like the frustrated face you saw him when his, the ink went all over his hands, it was that kind of face. <laughs> Did you guys see that video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What needed to be done? What wasn't being done? Like a big environmentalist, right? He's yeah. A big, yeah, yeah. So the politics, uh-huh. so frustrated with politicians that they're not getting more done with the environment to clean up the oceans and... And that was in 74? This is actually, this was 2018. Oh, okay. Then 2000, this video, The Prince at 70, they showed his sons were both watching this video from like the early 70s where Prince Charles at the time was giving a speech about the environment. And it sounded like they were, he was talking about plastic waste in like 1970. Really? Yeah. So he was like on this before most people were, but he was criticized at first too, because you're kind of, he was kind of treading into political matters. He actually sent like these notes and stuff to members of parliament saying that, you know, they needed to do more, which. Oh, and you're not, not supposed to do that, right? He's not always supposed to do that. So before he became king, yeah, it was Prince of Wales. He was spending his time running the Princess Foundation and the Princess Trust. The Princess Foundation offers a diverse range of innovative and inspiring education and training programs for all ages and backgrounds. This came from their website. <laughs> also regenerates and cares for places where communities thrive and that visitors enjoy. 
And the heart of this organization is called the Dumfries House, which is in that special I was talking about. And like the beginning of the special, they show Prince Charles feeding chickens. It's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> eating chickens. Anyway, what? They met like way back when, right? Yeah. Oh. So yeah, I was trying to avoid all that stuff. Just talk what? about the other stuff we don't what? know. What? Why would you avoid that? <laughs> Christ, that? That's like the best shit. Because that doesn't have anything to do with the monarchy. <laughs> well, I mean, that you do with this. It's not the current king, so yeah, it not, does now. What? But it has to do with He's the current king. king bitch. So. I mean, the queen's consort. He's the queen's consort. <laughs> yeah, so okay. They got married, I think, it was 2005. I think that's when they got married. Maybe. So I do know that. <laughs> They met, they fell in love, or he fell in love. I don't know if she did. And then when he went to join the Navy, while he was in the Navy, she got married. Oh. And according to the Crown, that the monarchy, his his mom had something to do with that. But I don't know if that's true. So if she she had not gotten married, would he he have been able to marry her? I don't think the mother approved. Yeah, it's the mother. They were back channel things to to sort of get her out of the picture. Yeah, that Mountbatten guy. Because yeah, she, Mount wasn't, guy. she had a reputation. You know, yeah. back oh. then, it was, you know, he needed to marry a virgin. <laughs> that was a big part of it. And I'm sure Diana was a virgin. Well, she, she was. Like, well, yeah. yeah. She, she, she was like 17 or something. Oh, I see. She, she was she was basically groomed to be his. Yeah, wife. yeah, yeah. Apparently that that like the Mountain Bat, Matt, whatever that other name is, Mountain Batten. Uncle, Mountain Batten. Mountain Batten. Yeah, yeah. He was like he was kind of a puppeteer. Yeah, he's the one. He he made sure Philip met Elizabeth. Like so, because he he's related to both of them, and. Because he's somehow also a descendant, I think, of Victoria, just like yeah. Because I mean, they're one. they're all they're related. I mean, they're like right. just cousins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he was trying to get Charles. I didn't read. He was trying to get Charles to marry one of his daughters, but his daughter was like, no, <laughs> she didn't want it. Because it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, Dad. I don't want that. Mm. So. Okay. He can't take part of these charities anymore so someone i'm sure there's a point in place for someone else to take over because they knew at some point someday this was going to happen and he can't is a constitutional monarch he can't take part in passing legislation so he can't you know uh parliament about these issues but at the same time he can meet he meets with the prime minister once a week and these are like confidential meetings at least his mother did this and it's confidential, so nobody knows what's said. So I could see him being in there and talking about the environment. Maybe they're just playing beer punk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> in your research, did you find out, like, when did it become just a constitutional monarch and that, it, like, the monarch stopped saying, this is what's going to happen? Like, I was it, wondering the same thing. Like, when did... Because forever, it was just like, you know, we're the king. But... I don't... I'm not sure exactly when it started. I mean, well, ruling powers, but I think even then it was somewhat diminished. I have a lot of information about the empire and the Commonwealth, but I don't know exactly 
when the monarch just became a constitutional monarchy and that's okay i'm wondering if it was that time when wasn't there like what was his name cromwell or something like that like he wasn't like wasn't there some kind of revolution and he Mm -hmm. became a king but like only for a little bit of time right he like pushed out the monarchy yeah was it maybe it was around then that they were like okay so we'll give some power to the part but that was like might have been a little bit because that was hundreds of years that was yeah that wasn't that like henry the eighth time or shortly thereafter after shortly after that after his daughters came in yeah when it just became all about religion and for a while yeah because that was his big thing is he thought the church of england was too closely tied to to catholic like he wanted total like right right is when? Oh. 1688. The glorious revolution of 1688 led to the constitutional monarchy restricted by laws such as such as the Bill of Rights 1689 and the Act of Settlement 1701. All right. So when America was like coming into being, it was Parliament that everybody was pissed off at, really. Not, I mean, the king, not so much. I think the king still had more power. I mean, acted on more power than maybe technically he was supposed to have. I don't know. Because it's a lot of the history they talk about people meeting with the king and all these different things going on, you know, for sometimes and other people would kind of take control. Yeah. I don't know. I think there still was a little power. I'm not sure. King Edward the Third. He was nutty pants. He was what? <laughs> nutty nutty pants. Nutty pants. Was the <laughs> I think that's the one. So, someone asked. I think it was Carrie. Why did King Charles make a separate pledge to the Church of Scotland, like when yes. he took his oath as king? So, Church of Scotland is separate from the Church of England. The British monarch, he makes that oath to affirm that the monarch sees the Church of Scotland as a separate entity and will not interfere with the Church of Scotland. The Church of Scotland sees their head of their church as Jesus Christ. Like, there's no human being could be head of the church. So they do not see the the monarch as the head of the church. So the monarch takes the pledge saying, okay, we're not going to fuck with that, essentially? Right. They're just, okay. So there's, there's, so... Church, per churchofscotland.org, this duty is to preserve the settlement of the true Protestant religion as established by the laws made in Scotland, which was affirmed in the 1707 Act of Union between England and Scotland. When the Queen and now King Charles attend church in Scotland, the monarch is attending as an ordinary member and not as the supreme governor of the Church of England. So when they go to church in England, they're the supreme governor of the church. Yeah. But in Scotland, they're just a member of the church. So. Whoever is saying the service to have the supreme anything at the audience. Right? That'd be good. I know. I'm like imagining him having to take his like coat of ar- like armor off or something or like like, like his wings. Right. I'm no longer supreme. I'm just a regular dude. The Catholics <laughs> in Ireland are screwed once again. Right? So. <laughs> now I'm going to walk you through the old empire and the commonwealth. And this was just like, I could spend like, I could do a whole podcast on the empire. It was just insane. Oh, we just talked about that. Well, that's okay. I mean, you can. No, we want to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you. So, so I'm going to start with the basics for us, for idiot Americans out there like us. So, well, I kind of knew this, but just to make sure. 
So Great Britain consists of England, Scotland, and Wales. The United Kingdom is England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Just in case you want to know the difference. So, and he and I was like, what the heck is he talking about? So, according to Wikipedia, a Commonwealth realm refers to a sovereign state in the Commonwealth of Nations that has Elizabeth II as its monarch and head of state. Each realm functions as an independent state equal with the other realms and nations of the Commonwealth. I don't know if that helped you, but anyway, so in 1952, when Queen Elizabeth began her reign, she was a monarch and head of state of seven independent states, which were the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, and Ceylon, right? C-E-Y-L-O-N? Yeah. Okay. So then, since then, new realms have been created that were like former independent colonies and dependencies, Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Canada, Grenada, Jamaica, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, St. Vincent's, and the Grenadines, Solomon Islands, Tuvulu, I've never heard of this place, T-U-V-A-L-U, and the United Kingdom. Yeah, they're in the Olympics. Oh, okay. Where is they're it? On, on my Guess the Country Global Game all the time. <laughs> so, Wordle, 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 exactly. Well, I think glo- global, global, <laughs> what? Global yeah. Wordle? Yeah, they're well, they're different, but they're similar. So yes, okay. Oh, okay. Pretty much, them both. Yeah, so, but they come. Yeah, both I was like, we'll put it in the notes. Yeah, it's one of those times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's like, not one of them though. Mm-hmm. I see that they well, really like the Caribbean. Yeah, they really yeah. were yeah. big in the Caribbean. Barbados right. recently became a republic in November 30th, 2021. Woo! It's still part of the Commonwealth, but it's now a republic. It's not a realm. So that basically means they have their own government, right? And they're just right. like... I, I'm I'm going to give into that next. Ah! That <laughs> so, is fresh. What is the Commonwealth? Intergovernmental organization of 56 independent states. 52 of them were formerly part of the British Empire. All Commonwealth members are independent sovereign states, regardless of whether they are Commonwealth realms. So some parts of the Commonwealth, they were former French colonies and decided to join the Commonwealth. The purpose of the Commonwealth? So, prosperity and peace. And the current Commonwealth of Nations consists of one third of the world's population, 2.5 billion people. So all those countries, like, is Canada a commonwealth? Yes. Yes? Okay. So if Canada, if we attack Canada, are the British going to come to their defense? I mean, unless it's Quebec and then the French come to their defense. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. I mean, or if we attack Jamaica, why would we attack Jamaica? It's a wonderful country. But if if we do, (laughs) we want to attack Canada. Fuck the Canadians. World War II, I mean, that's essentially what happened. When somebody, they declared war on Great Britain, United Kingdom, then Canada came in and also declared war on, you know, all the members, you know, and Australia did too, and New Zealand. So they all came in. There was a new world war. I mean, even in the uh, Iraq war, like, but isn't isn't so that they, how the Falklands work? They, they like send the, Jamaicans to Iraq. 
It's like a yeah, they could, but I don't think Jamaicans have have weapons. Military. A dog in the fight, right? No. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of in World War II, all of these countries were independent then, and they sent their own armies. Canada sent their own army. You know, okay. Scotland sent their own army. You know, but because because they were part of the continent, and they were like, "This is our." Well, so the Falklands yeah. War was like way the heck over there, and right. that's where Prince Andrew and everybody was busy flying their helicopters. So like they definitely will get into the fight if they want to, right? Like if like for all these tiny little countries all over the world that are technically theirs. Yes, they. I mean, where are the Falklands? They did. I they're mean, in the are off the coast of Argentina. Right. Oh, wow. Amer- okay. it's in the Americas section of yeah. the world. I know that. I mean, I'm I, sorry. I know, I know I'm off the, really off the stupid, eastern coast of South America, which I believe is Argentina. So, that far, like, farther down. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the Falklands, I know it was a big, like, I don't think a lot of the British people felt that they should have gone to war in the Falklands. That was very... Right. Andrew needed a place to be a warrior. Right. <laughs> well, they had all these toys, but they needed somewhere to play with them. Yeah, yeah. right. Margaret Thatcher yeah. was like, hey, let's go. She was like, they, the they, heard, they heard the weather right? was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. yeah, Margaret Thatcher and um, Come on, people. All right. So, I'm sorry. We got you off track. So, we've got the constitutional or the the commonwealth because the commonwealth of nations being a third of the world's population and if you saw like the queen's the military procession that took her from buckingham palace to westminster hall the street was lined with flags from the commonwealth so she that was you know she planned that she wanted that and then also you know there's a lot of discussion you know is king charles gonna remain head of state for all these other countries like barbados just left and all that so it's just two separate things. So you can be part of the Commonwealth and not have King Charles be your head of state. It's okay. not all, you, all in one. You can choose. Yes. So, because then you're like you can be. If you're a realm, then they're your head of state. If you're just in the Commonwealth, then you're just part of this Commonwealth group. Like Barbados is still in the Commonwealth. They just don't oh. have. The yeah, I mean, like, if you go to Canada, you have the queen, or now probably the king, on the money. But you go right, to Jamaica, they're around. there's some other dude on the money. It's not, it's like a Jamaican, not the queen. Hmm. That's just my experience. I, I, right. I don't, I'm just speaking to, like, who's on the money. Right. Yeah, who's on the money? I actually have some Irish money up right over here, and you'll get it. I really <laughs> doubt the queen is on the Irish money. Well, not if it's... If it's the Republic, the Irish Republic in the, in the South, I doubt the Queen's on it. They're, they, they, that, that's like a, a, a big no-no. <laughs> They're like big not not, not fans. Right? Yeah, no, no uh, All right. right. <laughs> so, when that was from like the Irish Republic, yeah, they're not. Yeah. Gonna... Well, I mean, it's from 1978. Oh, oh okay. Been out of there for a long time. From the real Irish. Yeah. I mean, right. they're going north or Irish, but. You no, know, no, they're not real Irish. They
<laughs> There's a little bit of people from Northern Ireland? Yes. Oh. 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 And they're so from, they're from, Megan, Megan will recognize this name. They're from Bangor, Ireland. Ah. Yeah. We have Bangor here. Very true. So the Queen Christmas speech in 1953 was given while she was in New Zealand. She was in the middle of a tour of Commonwealth with Prince Philip. She said, the Commonwealth bears no resemblance to the empires of the past. It is an entirely new conception built on the highest qualities of the spirit of man, friendship, loyalty, and desire for freedom and peace. To that equal partnership of nations and races, I shall give myself heart and soul every day of my life. My next section is the British Empire, which I found this really cool book called The Decline and Fall of the British Empire. And, but I sound short. <laughs> so much information I did not get through it before this. This could be a two-episode podcast. I, I know. I was just thinking. I was like, damn, we're going on long. <laughs> yeah. So we could do this. This, I mean, we could do have another one about just about the British Empire if you'd like. Or we could, yeah, I think so. We could record it, too, and then just separate it down the road, too. Better. How long is it going to be? Let me see how much more. I'm telling you, I spent the little font sizes vary, so I don't know if this is going to help, but about two pages. I have fonts I, bigger than others. I'm at my parents' house, and so I have to get home to let my dog out. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> well, I, can't, I can't stay that forever. explains why you're Brian on my screen. <laughs> yeah. I showed up first when it was Brian. Brian. I was Brian. like, I didn't know. <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, I was at eating dinner with my parents, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, shit, I got to get it online. So, <laughs> sure, <right>? they're like, <laughs> what? Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, and I said, Andrea's having us do a podcast. And, of course, they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Of course. That explains a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was explaining this to a friend of mine, and she's like, are you going to make any money off it? I'm like, probably not. But, <laughs> yeah. on whatever the hell it is you have now lisa because it's already all right i can um, then maybe i'll read more of my book the rise and fall of the british empire yeah. can, I, can i ask one <laughs> more one, one more very quick question before we go we can't go yet we have some talking to do but i'm gonna okay. I, I, I will stop recording us well no can i ask the question that i want to be recorded because i'm curious oh, absolutely has anybody seen did anybody see the queen in person when she was alive out of the five of us I have. She oh, came. We're gonna, we're gonna, oh yeah. Two out of five. She came to Houston in like the late '90s. They hosted an economic summit at Rice University, and my mom's like, "We're gonna go see the Queen," and we lined up and we. She drove by and she waved at us. Yes, oh, we we, cool. li- we lined up cool. in the Cayman Islands, and we watched. Oh. We watched the big boat like everywhere she goes, everywhere the monarch goes, the flag moves with them. There's this very specific yes. flag, so it goes from the big boat to the little tender yes. to the limo. But yes, we stood on the road and came in and waved with everyone else. But yeah. I was just curious because it's like it, she's such a huge global figure. Right, she was around so long. Like I feel like she really like by the road waving. She saw an awful lot of people. Awful yeah, lot of people yeah, saw her. she sure did. I mean, she. But I was just curious to see how, how many of us 
had seen her. That was all. I don't think she came. I don't think she really came to the states that much. No, no I didn't. See, I mean, I saw her in the No, no. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember my mom being like, "This is a big deal. We're gonna go," and that we did. Go well, that's like that. My dad was like, "Let's go. We're gonna go stand by the road." It's like we're. It's like we're at the beach, Dad. It's like we have to go stand by the road. Yeah. It's not even like we didn't. We didn't have to go far. Rice University is basically at the edge of my parents' neighborhood. So. <laughs> no, we didn't have to go far either. But you know, we were teenagers, so it was you like, had to be taken off the beach. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the beach. But like the whole island was like it was it was really interesting to see someplace so small and so far away were so like I mean it was a huge deal that the queen was there. Oh wow! Yeah. And like people lining the road, it was it was really pretty interesting to see. But I was a teenager, so I had to be you know pain in the ass about it. Of course. <laughs> oh, okay, now that's it. Now you can stop recording us. I just was curious about. Okay. That. <laughs> that was a great a great addition. Right. Thanks for joining us here at Miscellany. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at miscellany.podcast. Miscellany is spelled without the I. And we'll post some pictures there of what we covered in this episode. And maybe we'll give you some clues about what's in our next episode. You can also find this for our topics and learn more about us at our website at miscellany.com. Again, miscellany is spelled without the I. And if you like miscellany, you can help us grow by following, subscribing, and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It does actually really help our podcast to get noticed. And please tell your friends to check us out. Miscellany is produced by Andrea Jackson and Lisa Donnellan. Our website is written and managed by Andrea Jackson, and our music is provided by Gem Tracks. We can't wait to chat y'all up next week. Take it easy.